I've got some new tour dates to announce right now. April 25th at the Celebrity Theater in Phoenix, Arizona. We're adding a date onto that week. March 23rd, we've added in Houston, Texas. Uh, that's a Thursday night at the Hobby Lobby Center for the Performing Arts. May 10th, Newark, New Jersey. New Jersey Center for the Performing Arts. May 11th, Westbury, New York at the New York CB Theater at Westbury. June 9th, Austin. We've added another Austin show. And June 30th and July 2nd, Las Vegas at the Encore Theater. Wow. I can't believe it, man. Oh, I just can't even believe that uh, that we're getting to do all this. This is crazy. Thank you. Uh, it's at theovon.com slash T-O-U-R. You have to go through those links to get accurately priced tickets. If you're elsewhere, that's out of our control. You know, um, there's already a lot of monsters there on the internet with these ticketing fees, and those are out of our control as well. But uh, I love you guys, and, um, and I hope to get to see you if you can come out. We now have Be Good to Yourself crewnecks available in light blue, maroon, and cement. That embankment gang color, you know it. Check these out along with the new windbreaker at theovonstore.com. And thank you for your support. Today's guest is uh, the founder of Barstool and Barstool Sports. Um, he's a, I mean, he's a media legend. Uh, he's kind of a revolutionary in a way. He's, he's kind of a dang Paul Revere for a lot of people. Um, he has an, he has a unique ability. He makes you feel like anything is possible. And, uh, I'm grateful to have him here today. Today's guest is Dave Portnoy. I mean, I hired a guy strictly because he's visually blind. But it really? was like, yeah, it was like in the, like he interviewed, it was a, it was a wallpaper. I mean, he was so boring. But he knew me. He's like, I have one thing that may sway you, like, in my favor. He's like, what? He's like, well, I'm legally blind. I'm like, well, like, can I make fun of you for it? Like, is it open game? He's like, yeah. So we hired him. Oh, I, wow. He's still, like, so, he's still with us in a way. Yeah. Like, to the point we thought he was faking it. Uh -huh. Because, like, he knew that would get me. So one day, we just, and a bunch of people thought I was faking it. So we called him up. I'm like, I'm just going to, like, toss my wallet to him and see if he reacts. Smacked him right in the face. It's the only time like, I felt bad. And so I, he, he was literally, literally blind. But he'd sit at his computer, like what you were saying, with this huge magnifying glass. You tell him to do something, it took him four hours. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of a gimmick, but not the most productive guy to ever come down the street. Yeah, we we interviewed a blind woman one time, and uh, it was pretty fascinating. She said she remember like the like she almost feels like a computer sometimes, like how like she would remember the way she would walk to school and stuff like that. So she lost her sight. Yeah, she had some sight when she was young, and it wasn't a lot, and then she lost it completely. Yeah, and so then she had to like she said she started to feel like a computer. And the only animal she didn't like, she said, was a snake. She said a snake doesn't give any feedback. She's like it just feels like. 
Just like a piece of Satan, I guess. Maybe I was born to be blind. I don't like snakes either. Yeah. That's the age old question. Like, would you rather, uh, would you rather like, if you were blind, would you rather have been able to see or never been able to see? I think I would like to, if I'm going to be blind, I'm going all in. I'm saying never see. Right. Because then you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. yeah. And then you can yell stuff. You could use like, I don't want to say slurs, but you could probably say things that are other people are going to be like, oh, he shouldn't say anything. Like, oh, he's blind, you know? Um, Dave Portnoy, thanks for coming in, man. Yep. We don't know each other that great, you know? Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. I feel like maybe we're... I, I mean, we I, just met recently, really, for the first time. I think it was the U. No. When was the first time we met? Was it at the LSU uh, tailgate, I think? Yeah. And then we saw each other a couple times after that. Yeah. Yeah, man. We're kind of like just sort of getting to know each other. Um, and you are, uh, you grew up in New York. Wrong. See, we don't know each other that well. Boston. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, but does Boston always have such a chip on their shoulder about New York? It's almost like, it almost seems like um, there's more like, it seems like New York, but with more like kind of spousal abuse kind of a little bit low key, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look up the stats on that one. Uh, it, it there's definitely animosity. I don't know if it stems from like spousal abuse, but it, it's the uh, you know New York. So I grew up in Boston, and everybody in New York is always like Boston is a little town. Yeah, basically, it's not a city; it's a town. And I, you know, you as a Boston guy, you kind of take offense to that. Then we moved to New York, and New York's it is compared to Boston. It's a small little city, but it's so close. The sports rivalry reminds me. I was in Milwaukee, right? And I uh, did a pizza review, which I do, in a, and I thought it was in Milwaukee. It's actually in Racine. Oh, yeah, like the, the Racine Bells from yeah. um, League, League of, their, of own. their Own. I was actually, I didn't realize it until after, and I was mad. I didn't know that. I would have worked it in. But Racine people were very upset that I was calling it Milwaukee. Like, you're in Racine, you're not Milwaukee. It's kind of that vibe, Boston, you know? Yeah. Like the underdog. When you were growing up, what kind of, like, school did you go to? Like, what was it like when you were growing up? Like, traditionalized, middle class, went to all public, like, Swampscott, uh, just... I grew, the town I grew up was called Swamp Scott. So I just went to the normal high school, normal normal middle school, normal everything. Like my friends that I grew up with are still like really my best friends. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And what was it like at your house? Like was your dad pretty cool or what was he like? No, he's definitely – I went to – cool is not the word I, I would ever describe my dad as. He's like – my parents are like the Seinfelds. That's a better way to like Morty, you know, okay. Morty. And he takes, by the way, great offense to that. Oh, he loves well, it? No, no. He, if you're like, you're like Morty Seinfeld, when Morty Seinfeld does something weird on site, he's like, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? But he is exactly like them. They're kind of maybe the traditional, like, overprotective, like, Jewish, like, family parents. Kind of that's what they are. Is it fun? So you've been Jewish your whole life. I mean, you're, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is it fun being Jewish? Like, what is it like? Like, no, I won't say it's fun. It's nothing. Like, I wasn't overly religious. Right. So, but it, I, no, I wouldn't say it's fun. You got to battle, you know? I, I, I always, like, Jews, you know, there's more, everyone celebrates Christmas. Like, right. Far fewer do uh, Hanukkah. So, like, in the early days of Barstool, we had this guy, Kevin Clancy, gets the big ass tree, you know? It's like, well, if we're going to do a big-ass tree, I'm going to get a big-ass menorah. We had the biggest menorah, like, ever made. It had to be, like, put together in the office just so we weren't getting, like, short-shifted on it. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really give a fuck. Um, I'm not overly religious. I mean, you know, 
I'll stick up for Jews if we're getting like if Kanye is like you know Hitler wasn't that bad of a dude. I'll be able to hold on there. Like he kind of was. Like I don't. I like well he did rail. He did the the highway system. I'm like yeah, but you know, but he, he used it lo- wrong. Yeah, he, he killed a lot of us too. So I don't know that one plus one equals two, or whatever. So, but I'm not you know I'm not overly. But like shit like that, I will get involved. Like yeah. when people are defending him, it's like. The guys out here like basically pro Hitler. How can anyone defend him? So that shit, I'll speak up on, but I'm not, you know, I'm not overly like a lot of the holidays. I don't follow and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I just always wonder. Like, probably half of my closest friends are Jewish. Especially once you get to like L.A. or New York, you meet a lot more Jewish people. They didn't have like a lot of Jewish people when I was growing up. So we're running the media. Yeah, that's what they say. I mean. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there's so many Jewish people that work in the media. I don't know. I have no idea. You know, it's like I don't know who's. I don't know who's if somebody's really running something. I don't know. No, well, I mean, it's like anything. You can look. I run Barcelona Sports. That's a media company. I work my ass for it. I mean, whatever. It, 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 listen, there's bad people or scumbags in every race, religion, creed, whatever. Oh yeah, uh, Jews get a bad rap, but. A lot of people get bad reps. So what? You know. Yeah, I was just wondering, what is it like? Like, does it feel? I wonder if it feels different being Jewish. Does it feel like, like, do I wake up? I'm like, damn, I'm Jew. <laughs> oh, I, I, or like, yeah, I get. I, I don't know. I guess I don't even know what I'm asking. I guess I just. I guess sometimes wonder, wonder what it feels like. Yeah, I guess like the thing I'll, about it though, which I've always said. So, because Jewish people are very determined. Jewish people like to create value in things. Yeah, well, I think it, it's kind of like a family thing. Like they're very very education, very hardworking, um, and put uh, a premium on that, and then it shows. But the thing about being Jewish, which I have always pointed out, that we're getting deep, but it's like people say, you'll hear this a lot, like, what are you? And someone will be like, I'm Italian, I'm fucking you know, Russian, I'm Jewish. Yeah. But Jewish, like, if I want to change being Jewish tomorrow, I could. It's not like a blood thing. Jewish is a religion that you choose. If someone wants to be Catholic, they can choose it in a second. You can't change being, like, Italian. if right. you're That's what you are, like, if you're born from there. So Jewish, it's kind of one of those things over time, I think it's probably out of prejudice. People make it sound like it's your blood. It's fucking not your blood. It's, like, it's your religion that somewhere along the way somebody chose oh. to believe. But you can change it. Like, I'm Russian. That's my, my family is... From oh, Russia. you are? I could yeah. see that a little yeah. bit now. Yeah. And and we don't, in my family, to be honest, we don't talk, like, I don't even know that much about the history. I'm sure bad shit happened. Like, most people don't leave their country just because. Dang, you're Russian? Yeah. Yeah, Russian. Dang. Yep. Maruski. Wow, man. <laughs> That's great, man. I don't know. I knew this one Russian girl, and she was so sexy, man. And, God, she invited me over one time, and, like, she was sick or something. I brought her some soup, and she, like was so aggressively trying to fuck that I got While so she didn't feel well? Yeah. And so that, ter- I was like, oh, what do you do here? You know? like, See, I'm such a hypochondriac. I would, I'd be like, not like, you got to get healthy. Well, that's kind of how I was. I was so <laughs> scared. There's like, you know, I kept trying to lead her back to the soup and she kept coming for me. And, uh, <laughs> and I got so scared because she was sick, but she was so like aggressive and determined and it's wild. Yeah. It was interesting, man. And she actually went to jail. She went to jail. I remember she hit me up like years later to come testify for her in something, and I couldn't make it. Or I, didn't, I just wanted to sleep in, honestly. But yeah, that's tough. Like yeah. if she, you're being asked to testify and you're like, sorry, I slept oh. in. You must not have really been that close with her to yeah, skip yeah. the 
you know, skip the trial or yeah, whatever yeah, she was yeah, going yeah. down for. She's like, I need somebody to show up. Yeah, I guess I guess my question is like, I does it feel do you feel a lot of pressure being Jewish to be successful? No. No. Oh, that's interesting. No. I don't feel pressure to be successful at all, but no, nothing to do with if anything, like I feel like there no, there's a lot of successful Jews. Yeah. My parents weren't like, "Hey, you're Jewish, you better be successful." No. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I've had a lot of friends of my a lot of my Jewish friends are successful, you know, and so yeah. it's like um, yeah, I guess I wonder, do I feel like that there's a pressure? And then all my Jewish friends are always saying that their moms are always driving them nuts. And so I guess I started well, doing that. I started to put listen, those things together. I love my mother. She's yeah. coming to the Super Bowl with me just to like probably get away from my dad for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, but like yeah, my yeah. mother's the type of woman. And again, this is a typical, like I go home, I'll go back to wherever I'm going. And, you know, I open my like suitcase and they'll be like, geez, it's hidden in there and like all sorts of gadgets. Like she's just uh, overprotective. Like she doesn't. Anything I say, I don't want that. I don't do this. She'll do it. Like she's always, you know, if I could walk around a giant bubble, like that's what they do. Like my grandmother, I remember one time I was looking at colleges and there was a plane crash. We were driving. Yeah. And she called worried. She's like, the plane crash, you're all right. We're like we, we weren't, we weren't flying. She's like, well, the plane could have landed on you. Like that's the type <laughs> of like thing, you know, just a little bit overly protective. Okay. Interesting. But no pressure, no pressure in that. I mean, uh. I originally wanted to be like a, a gym teacher. Like that was what I graduated actually college with and they would have been fine with it. They, they've yeah. been supportive, no pressure at all. They're just, I think the Jewish thing from my point, it's just most, uh, it's just super intense on like education, like do good in school. Like if you, if you were fucking off on school, my parents would be like, what are you doing? Right. And I did fuck off a little bit at school, but that they'd be in your grill about that. Yeah. That's it. Were you, um, yeah, cause I'm just curious, you know, I'm just curious. And so do you like, did in high school, were you like kind of like a funny guy? Were you like kind of like the guy who was like the student council leader? Like what kind of, like, what was some of your vibe in high school? So yeah, I, I, I played sports, hung out with like. Or your the, Riz actually, which I learned yeah, what it means from you and your TikTok. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. I didn't know that either until, you yeah. put those fucking kids up on game. Fuck y them. Yeah. Man. Right. Sorry. Uh, I mean, they're good kids. <laughs> um, so this should give you an insight into like, I, I, and this is again, my parents being like, you got to get your resume right for like going to college. So I was the vice president of my class and that was like calculated because I didn't want to do the work. So I was like, I'm not going to run for president because then you got to do shit. Oh, Vice yeah. president kind of skate, but put it on the resume. So that's what I did. And then I played uh, sports. So I was just, uh, it, again, I, I'd say I ran in like the, uh, the popular crowd, but I was friends with everybody. Yeah. A little bit funny. Yeah. You know, I couldn't get by on looks. So if you don't go looks, you go funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. Trust me, dude. I feel you. I'm like an eight. I've always been kind of like an eight and you got to fucking, you got to. An eight. You got to come up with some jokes. Yeah. Like on looks, I think. I Out think, of a 10? Yeah. That's a fucking super high score. I don't think. You think it's that high? Yeah. Eight? Eight. So who's a 10? Like, what's Matthew McConaughey? I think he was a 10. I think he's coming down a touch. All like, right. Let, let, let's let let's go somebody who's- I mean, uh, look, the kid you work with, Josh, Josh Richards. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy is- be Yeah. I mean, he's an attractive woman. I mean, he's- Yeah, no, he's a good looking guy. God. He's like, he's the fucking- um, oh. I saw he's he actually turned 21 yesterday, but he's like the uh, Calvin Klein's model. Is he? Yeah. He's doing Calvin Klein's like- Oh my God, yeah, so, dude. 
God, I'd put tits on him if I owned him. <laughs> I know that. I, mean, I know he's he a good-looking yeah. kid. He always is. When I walked in with that original TikTok crew, he's he's definitely a good-looking guy. Smart oh. kid, too. He looks like a mannequin. There's a good picture of you guys together right there impersonating each other. Yeah, that was Actually, like the first look- time we met. So we that's when we launched this thing. Where did you guys meet at, dude? So do you know, you probably do know this guy, know this guy because he knows fucking everybody. Do you know Michael Gruen? Michael Gruen, no, Gruen. but he's- Bruin? Gruen. Gruen. With a G. No. That's surprising because I feel like this dude knows everybody. Um, so there he is. Mm, no, but he looks like kind of like a uh So basically I was on Twitter one day mm-hmm. and uh Dixie DeMello, yeah, she broke up with her boyfriend at the time. You may not these were these are huge. Like yeah, I know Dick, she is. Yeah, so she was like the original kind of it girl on TikTok. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it broke into Twitter. Okay. And they broke up and I and everyone was talking about Twitter. And I was like, who the fuck are these people? Gruen, who is Josh uh, Richards' manager, reached out. He's like, hey, he'll explain it to you. You want to do a Instagram live with him? So I was like, sure. We did it. And I was surprised. We kind of like had some chemistry. I'm like, who is this kid? Snapchat reached out after we did that. Like, would you guys do a show on Snapchat? Mm. I had no interest because I wasn't like Snapchat just wasn't where I want to be. TikTok, I knew was something. It's like, I'm sure you view the world at times like, all right, I got to get my name. Like, who are these kids on TikTok? Because right. Parcel had been around for a while, but nobody knew us on TikTok. It was a younger demo. So to me, partnering with him who was big on tiktok is like all right that's gonna get me barstool maybe this new audience and that's where it came from he wanted to get maybe a little more credible with like an older crowd who had been around i want to get the tiktok crowd to know who we were and that's where it came from it's great yeah i came on that show so michael yeah. gruen is his manager he was he was okay and and he he like just connected people he uh yeah you know i still He's hear from once. yeah he, he, he when i first met him no joke to gruen mm-hmm the first thing I said to him was he was the most obnoxious human I ever met. Is he really? He grew on me, but he can come across as sandpaper when you meet him. But oh. I do like him now. He's growing on people, huh? Yeah. Well played. Oh, wow. And yeah, uh, I would like to maybe meet that guy. But then, I, yeah, it's interesting if people kind of get on your nerves, you know. I had this dude that used to kind of, would always kind of bite the air a little bit. He had a little bit of a... Just a little hitch in him, you know? Like uh, like Val Kilmer, like Iceman. Like that, like he was eating a berry off a tree or something, you know? And he would do that just every now and then, and like, you can deal with it for a while, yeah. but after about that 50th berry, you gotta fucking shut him down or you gotta leave the room. <laughs> do you know the, the part I'm talking about with Iceman and Top Gun? Uh-uh. He just, he's like, uh, that's right, Iceman, I am dangerous. I just bites the air. Does the bite. Oh, he does that? Yeah, he bites oh, the air. Yeah, I didn't know yeah, that. That's a classic um, so in high school, so yeah, I could I could see that, man. I could see you. Did you feel like you had kind of like that? So obviously you knew that you could kind of relate to everybody then a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes as you get a little older, you start to learn just some of your skills. You're like, oh, I kind of can fit in wherever. Yeah, you know? I, I was pretty good at that. Did you have a, ch- a lady in high school or no? Did no, you have like a no, I was, I, no. Uh, no, I wasn't good looking. I didn't really do great with the girls at all in high school. What about like for dances or anything? Did you ask a lady out ever? Like, do you remember like the first date you ever went on or anything like that? First date? No, I I don't. I mean, I remember obviously going to like proms. I know who I went to yeah. proms with and shit like that. But no, I didn't really. Uh, I, I I had very little, if any, success in high really. School. Yeah, yeah. I was a yeah blue eye. You're a handsome guy. Yeah, I don't know. No, I well, first of all, I went through it. 
Like there's a whole fat Dave stage. Not that wasn't in high school, but I mean, I and I'm getting back to it because I'm getting old. But yeah, no, it's truth. I tell you, you always hear like you know, good looking people be like, no, I didn't do anything. Like I was ugly in like high school. No, I I was like yeah. I'm not like those. I don't believe the good people like John Hamm. Like oh, I, I have it rough. My dick's too big. You know, yeah. like no, that I I really didn't do well in high school. Yeah. Yeah, I have to wear like an 80-gauge underpant just to <laughs> yeah, hold them yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, like that kind of yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, I hate that. Um, Yeah, do you remember like even just like – what about your first kiss in high school? It had to have happened, huh? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Who did I kiss first? Uh, I don't even know if I remember. It couldn't have been anything. What do you mean, dude? You were a documenteur of – No, I don't know. It couldn't have been that memorable. I, I'm honestly trying to think. I don't – I don't know if that's like sad or what, but I, I I honestly can't remember. Wow. Yeah. Some people I remember locked us in this room and they had this girl and she had like a chip tooth. She had that kind of that Lloyd Christmas on her, you know, yeah. or at least the Christmas. That's going to be your first guess? It was. Like, were you playing like spin the ball, you locked in a room or you just locked in the room? No, for some just angry, like kind of pervy older kids are like, you better get in there and fucking kiss. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Or yeah. we're going to jerk off out here. And we're like, Jesus Christ. All right. I took a turn. And so, uh, but she had that Lloyd Christmas, or at least she had the Lloyd, she had like that Lloyd Christmas Eve. It was like a less of a chip, but she had that thing. And I remember, God, she was also, she was like the first girl I ever remember really like seeing with my eyes. And she was. Her name was Chrissy, and she was beautiful, I thought. And Despite the teeth. Yeah, and so we had to sit next to each other and just kiss. Um, what about the first time you had sex? Do you remember it? That I do, yeah. Yeah, now we're talking. That, huh? that, that's a little different than like a kiss, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't great. It's still probably not fucking great, you know? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. When did it happen? College, freshman. Yeah. Yeah, boy, <laughs> Big Dave getting yeah, out yeah, there, yeah. dude. I'm, I'm upgrading was it, from his girlfriend. Yeah, okay. Yeah, was yeah. it at a party or was it like kind of a? Uh, no, it it was actually at. So it it was at my house. It was actually summer going into college. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I I love like I love thinking about like those kind of like just like times when when we were young and stuff like. Yeah, there was nothing like that time getting ready for college. And then I almost feel like that was a time you feel like you had to like you had to get sex active if you were going into college. Into college dude. and you don't really know what you expect. Yeah. No, I mean And was it like a romantic thing? Did y'all go to like Yeah, a, no, it was romantic. It was yeah. definitely romantic. She was my girlfriend, so it was romantic. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool, man. You know, I'm learning Spanish right now. Uh, I, I I know some, but I'm learning Moss, and one way to integrate a new language into your life is with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. You never know where life can take you, and to be prepared or to prepare for those upcoming unique opportunities, Babbel can help. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and bite-sized language lessons, you can feel confident no matter where this year takes you. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash Theo. That's B-A-B-B-E-L 
Babbel.com slash Theo for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel language for life. Do you know the number one cause of abandoned shopping carts online? Shipping costs. That's right. Have you ever left a cart full of items in an online store because the shipping was too expensive? So have I. Well, in a landscape where free and fast shipping is the norm, it can be hard for smaller e-commerce businesses to compete. Keep yourself competitive with ShipStation. When you use ShipStation, you can lower shipping costs, make returns easy, and keep your customers happy. ShipStation effortlessly integrates everywhere you sell online, Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and more. Get up to 88% off USPS and UPS rates. And if that's not enough, use my promo code to try ShipStation free for two months. If you're shipping, if you're vending, if you are out selling things to people and you got to get them to them, get it done with ShipStation. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce business with ShipStation. Use promo code THEO today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code T-H-E-O. ShipStation, thank you for sponsoring the show. Yeah, dude, I ended up, the first time I ever hooked up was actually behind a bowling alley in our town. Yeah, mine mine was sounds more romantic than that. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Oh, it was. Mine, people were throwing rocks at us, dude. And it was like, yeah, it was like trying to fuck on the Gaza Strip or something. I mean, people were fucking, there was like, it was hard. So were people like watching if they're throwing rocks at you? I wouldn't say they were watching, but they were checking in a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, mine was not like that. Yeah. Mine was probably pretty traditional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, I remember one time I got so nervous, some girl and I tried to have sex and I just couldn't, I just like, I remember just, I ended up ejaculating and, and then she left and she was embarrassed. She climbed out of my window in my room too. I remember she was afraid to even like leave through the living room. I think uh, it was fucking embarrassing because why? I think why'd she, she go through the window? I think she was maybe just. I don't know. I think it was just the whole thing was a lot for everybody. I think everybody was kind of didn't know their way around the world right after it. It was just, a, it was like we planned on it. We were excited. And yeah. then I just, and so then you're sitting there with all, and you literally have your shame is right there, like in a liquid. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, yeah. here's it. You know, you're talking if you, if you bust, you're not fast. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I ejaculated well, I mean, immediately into my hand. hand. We're guys. Yeah. And it's, it was that's, like, that scientifically means you're like, uh, good right the yeah. faster the better that's that's how we're programmed that's true if we were like in the jungle days or something we would be do it uh, move on on uh, to the next oh, that's, that's fucking, how it goes that's efficiency yeah. i'd be elon yeah. bust yeah. yeah i'd be fucking it's, it's true yeah um but yeah i think at that point everybody was so just confused people weren't even using the doorway anymore like it was just that kind of thing yeah. you know um actually if you pull up look up uh bowling alley bowling in St. Tammany Parish. This place looks like it's the fucking bowling capital of the world. A lot of bowling <laughs> alleys in a very short area. Yeah, if you look on that one, Tiffany Lane's at 3.4 stars. Just click on that one. If you, oh man, there's a review somewhere and somebody wrote, 
So you can go to the first review on there. Oh, it's closed down. Yeah. Somebody sent me the other day. It says like, sometimes there's like, oh, there you go. Oh, uh, this was like the top question on there. I'm here because of, oh, Theo Vaughn became a man behind this building. <laughs> It was just the craziest thing. One of my friends said, hey, I'm looking for a place to bowl locally, and this came up. And the top thing says that Theo Vaughn became- So it's like a known fact. This is where you lost your virginity. Picking up splits, homie, in there, cuz. Love it. Um, Interesting, man. Yeah, I was just kind of wondering like what maybe you were like when you were younger, you know? Yeah, it's like I said, traditional. I I don't- Very, very- uh, Forgettable, probably a lot of lot of lot of people like me. Normal, normal, growing, played sports, ran with like the uh, the popular crowd in school, but just one of the guys. Yeah, you love sports now. It seems to be like something you really love. Do you really, really love it? Do you love just the gambling? Do you love sports? Yeah, so I always love sports. I love gambling. Right, and obviously, it's what we do now. So that worked out. Like before I started Barstool, I was trying. I want to get into that industry. Right. Yeah. Like, I flew out to Vegas, tried to do all the stuff. So it's worked out perfectly for me. I'm probably like one of the few guys who's made money through gambling. Most people get wiped out. Um, so yeah, no, I'm a big sports fan, and obviously, it's been a core part of what we do. So it makes me like I'm not. I, I, maybe I'm not getting arrested and going to jail if we're not doing barstool. I'm not like that crazy if I was just sitting around as a normal fan. Okay. Um, but I love sports. Yeah. Boston sports guy through and through. Yeah. Um, do you think that they should have legal gambling like everywhere? Because I know you guys work with your gambling site is I know Barstool just, Sports. So Barstool it's Barstool Sports Book. Okay. Barstool yep. Sports Book. Yeah. And they even have bars like I was in Baton Rouge and they have like a Barstool Sports Book bar. In the casino. Yeah. Yeah. Because so we were bought by a company called Penn and they have uh LaBerge. We also have like standalone. So we're actually getting one here in Nashville. Like oh, where really? yeah, where there'll be a Barstool Sports bar. It's where like the old uh Joe's Crab Shack used to be. Oh nice. So it's a good spot. Um so I think it will eventually go most states, but it, 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 so gambling became legal to bet on sports outside of Vegas, maybe two years ago, two and a half, something like that. They mm-hmm. repealed some federal law and now it's up to the states. So they just decide state by state. So I think we're live in like maybe 11 or 12 states. And do you lobby for that somehow? Or are you just, that's just let the world do that. Our parent company lobbies for it and oh. all the different companies that are involved in it lobby for it and then there's people lobby against it so i have nothing to do with it but yeah there's a lot of politicking going around with that do you get more joy out of making like a big wager on one thing or hitting like a crazy parlay you know i don't do as much as parlays so like betting on one thing winning it i mean i i've bet my whole life so it's just but yeah no it's i love it i love gambling yeah, you like to gamble. Like, do you feel like that that's just like a thing you like to do just with sports or even like kind of with everything? Like, you kind of like to go kind of like the alternate route a little bit? Yeah, it's, I definitely, even Barstool, like, it, I think being an entrepreneur kind of is like gambling, different, different respect. But I saw Barstool with nothing really and everything we made, we put back into it. For the most part, work, but you know, we did concert. I thought we were going out of business at one point because I put all our money into like a concert tour and it kind of flopped. Who was it? Like Third Eye Blind or something? No, believe it or not. So we did this thing. It, it, we had never left downtown Boston ever. And, and I was like, all right, we got to see if we're big outside of Boston. And we had liquor sponsors at the time and they were like, well, you know, we can't sponsor you if you're going to colleges. And we're like, well, what if we make it a music tour? Could you? They said, yeah. So we had this kid, Sam Adams. Um, it kind of blew up. And he's got some big songs. We did it. We did six six stops. 
and it went really well, um, bigger than we ever thought. And I, I looked at it. So we originally thought we we're going like frats and yeah. you, we go to UMass and the, the actual school calls and like, hey, we're getting all these requests for tickets. What is this? So we went from the frat to the actual like Mullen Center, which is the gymnasium, sold out in a second. My brain's going, the business side's like, hey, if I can recreate this with like big talent, I may be onto something. So we had a, a music tour. It was headlined uh, by Mike Posner. Do you remember like oh, Cooler yeah. Than Me at the time? I saw Mike two weeks ago, yeah. So that song just came out. He was the headliner. Oh, yeah. It was uh, him, Wale. I had Mac Miller for 1500 bucks. That's how much we were paying what? him to play. So he was the third guy coming up on it. Uh, and nobody fucking bought. Well, people bought tickets. Same amount as the first time we went around. It turned out... Our crowd, they weren't coming necessarily for who we were booking. They are coming because Barstool was on it. Oh, wow. We got fucking wiped out. I actually hated Posner. He didn't promote the shit. He didn't promote it at all. Not his fault. His agent's fault. Um, so that was a disaster. And then we moved from that because it was kind of like, all right, if people are coming for Barstool, not the talent, does it really matter? And we went into EDM. So you lost, you lost your butt on that? Smoked. Because you had to pay the act so much? Pay the act, and I rented the buildings. Oh. So we were going, I was paying like- Yeah, the VIG on that building Like big. 100 grand or something a night, and we weren't doing it. I thought I was going to have to pay the full thing. We had to cancel a lot of the shows. So um, that was a disaster. And then we, we came up with something called the Blackout Tour, which essentially was a DJ playing EDM music. This is at the infancy of EDM, and it exploded, like to the point- we had, I bought all our own production. You could go to an EDM show. It looked like ours. We had a full crew doing it. I thought. And were you into it? Were you like doing the pills and everything? Were you like partying no, and shit? No, we had, I, I, I would, we, we did three shows a week throughout the country. Like we had a whole crew driving around, setting up the lights, renting venues. Um, I thought, I thought I was going to become so rich that I'd be like Bezos and retire. We were clearing like 250 grand a show. Wow. It was nuts. And we weren't paying for talent. So we're charging 50 bucks a ticket, selling out literally. And it was just like an EDM party show? Yes. So this crew, so you guys were just in Boston and this crew is now traveling, doing shows for you. Correct. Like, have you ever heard of, there's a festival like Bamboozle? It's mm -hmm. a big festival in New Jersey. So the Bonnaroo Bamboozle is like one of those type things. Yeah. And we were on a call with Live Nation. Uh, I'll never forget this call. Like, we want you to close the last music they had was Bon Jovi. They're like, we want you to come on after Bon Jovi and close it. They're like, we'll pay you 250 grand just to show up. And before we could say anything, they're like, we know it's not a lot of money. It's cheap. Um, but you'll introduce your music to so many new people. And I was like, wait, wait, we don't have music. What right. are you talking about? Yeah. There's no one to, they're like, what do you mean you have no music? The only thing <laughs> they saw was our ticket sales in their system. Whenever we put tickets, they were gone in 10 seconds. Wow. So we like did that, turned into a phone thing, but but that was because of the barstool name again. Correct. Kinda. So you're still like, we're just selling EDM. Yeah, dude, because where I'm from, if somebody showed up with damn two laser lights and a fucking flood beam, dude, people would pay $50 they and get out there. They went nuts for it. Uh, they went, and, and it was fucking like the we woods had, outside of it. Like we had Avicii like playing our thing for like no money. It was before the DJ thing took off. Okay, so so you did actually have talent coming to the. Yeah, we rotate, but we wouldn't pay a lot. Like we, right. we paid maybe two grand for Avicii. Like right. it just, they. It, it was before the DJ boom. Right. Then the DJ boom started happening, and a couple things happened. 
we had our name, and we're always sort of controversial, but if somebody OD'd at EDM Vegas, yeah, we would be mentioned. It'd be like Barstool uh, Blackout tour, part of this, and people would be calling me. Insurance went through the roof, um, and news crews were following like our production around, just looking for controversy. So the whole thing, as quick as it came, it disappeared. So Because of insurance, really? Insurance, Damn. EDM, it, it went from... There'd be one EDM show at a college a month to there were three a week. And wow. we were playing Avicii's music and Avicii was going to be there tomorrow. So a whole host of factors. And I was investing. This is the gambling part. Every cent I made, I'm like, let's get the next biggest laser. Let's get this. Let's get that. So we put it all back in. At the end of the day, we were probably net even. Like wow. we, we didn't make money. We didn't lose money. When it comes to the business sense, do you, has that been a, was that a tough thing to realize? Like even just as my own business and, and world has grown, like it's tough sometimes to realize, especially if you don't come from a lot to reinvest in stuff. Is that always, I mean, obviously in that instance, it kind of evened out, Yep. but do you, has that like been a tough thing for you to realize or is that like, what? what no, like, the, for me, that's been like, uh. That's just something I think that that's in my like blood that goes back to the gambling. I, like I've made money. I don't think I need money. Like I didn't have any for a long time. Not that I was like living like I could eat, but uh, no, I just have a risk taker personality. So I, I never, I, I'm always like pushing things into the middle. Now I'm at a different stage in my life. Right. So would I risk it all now? I've been doing this for 20 years. Be like, if I thought there was a huge opportunity, I'm going to put everything back. Probably not. But at that point, we were still pushing. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool, man, because you kind of became like this guy who's like, I'll fucking put it on the table right now, you know? Even throughout like the pandemic and stuff, like um, the way you were like kind of, uh, you know, you were championing like keeping small businesses open yeah. and what the what are we doing here? Um, not afraid to interview Trump or to talk about, you know, conservative like views or even look at them, you yeah. know, when, yeah. when a lot of the world was like mainstream media was like kind of shunning them. Do it, do you get, is that kind of a little bit of the high? Cause I'm just wondering like, cause gambling is kind of a high, but there's a little bit of high in fucking gambling with yourself as well. Yeah. That's always, you know, we never look for fights with that stuff. I'm pretty, I'm pretty much a free speaker. I have had to tone it down, uh, which is, I got a lot of haters out there and I always say that probably the number one benefit they have that they don't realize is that Penn, the gambling company bought us because we are regulated. So it's, it's, for the first time since I've been doing Barstool, people can sort of get at me through a side door. Mm. Like, I don't care what you fucking say about me. I really don't. And I have thick skin. And if you're going to come at me, I'll come at you. Like, I've done things that not – like, I've staked out fucking a New York Times reporter. Like, who was, I know, digging through my fucking past and life and trying to, like, really write a nasty hit piece about me. It's like, if you want to fucking talk to me. Let's fucking talk. And I yeah. wait. I, I did like a, a 48 hours. Like I was, I literally parked my car with my camera guy outside the house for like six hours and just waited for them to come out, ran out and like confronted them. Um, I like doing that. It's, I like, I just, I, it's like I'm a confrontational person by nature. So that, that part of me has always been there. I have had to tone it down a little bit because I don't, Barstool's so much bigger than just me now, and right. I, what I do does affect other people. Um, and I see it like I go on Fox News, I'll go on Tucker Carlson, and he knows I'm not overly like political. But every time I go on there, that affects how people view the whole company. And some people may have different views, whatever. So that that I do 
sort of pay attention to. It still doesn't affect necessarily what I do. Like people are mad within our company that I interviewed Trump. Right. But you know, you gotta make the decisions you think are right at the time. Yeah. Dude, it was a fun, that interview was so funny, man. When he was like, you're like, you ever just rattle off a tweet and then just kind of hit his like, I still think I'm the only guy who's ever gotten him to say like, yeah, I regret something. He, he's like, yeah, I do regret it. I don't know that he's ever been like, I regret something in his life except for that. Yeah. It was so good. But he's like, yeah, you know, you just write it and go to sleep. Yeah, and then like, you wake what? up, you're like, what the fuck did I write? He's like, yeah, I, I've done that. I've done that. He was, listen, people have such strong opinions about him. Uh, I think right off the bat, he kind of realized I wasn't like out to be like, gotcha. Right. Uh, so he, he, he was, he was good with me. He was down to earth. He was, he was not like his guard wasn't up. So it was a surreal experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. I remember watching watching that interview and watching you sit there. I'm like, God, dude, that'd be so like, first of all, Dave's doing this, you know, like he's actually going and like, you know, whereas everybody else was just like making fun of Trump or not even giving him a chance. I mean, mainstream media did not. I mean, he didn't help himself at certain points, but they didn't help him out of the gate or give him a chance. Um, but you yeah. were right there. It, it's sort of. There's definitely a similarity with him and how I. It's like if you come at him, he'll be a dick ten times harder back to you. Um, when you're president, that can cause like issues. Like I have so many things that people still bring up with me and they'll bring up quotes or whatever and somebody who came after me and i'm being like so sarcastic and an asshole back to them and then they sit take what it is so i see it but you're right he's uh you know he's the pre he, he was the president yeah so like i'm not the president so right. i can do a lot of things I'm, I'm not trying to be presidential and i think some people are like well you should be and he he's a totally different cat Oh, I remember when he was running, I thought right at the beginning, I was like, he's going to win. I was like, he just sounds like he just, it seems like it's not a part of a bigger plan, you know? But then I wonder once he got in office, did, is it just too convoluted in there or was he just kind of overshooting his own mark or did, you know, I, that's what I kind of wonder because in the beginning he was kind of like, even though he wasn't really like this came from nothing kind of guy, he was kind of talking to a lot of people that I think felt underrepresented or you know or people who are, want some tradition in the country totally. you know and it's like he was dismissed by so many people and i think that almost made him more popular with the people he was resonating like any way you look at it he won the election so there's a large 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 portion of the country he was speaking to and people are so dismissive if you weren't on his side if if you like trump you're like a racist asshole idiot yeah that's like crazy. So, so so you're saying like more than half the country are those people. Now, I'm sure there's definitely a subsection within his demo that do fit that description, but certainly not everybody. Mm -hmm. And you just paint everybody with one brush and actually made him more popular doing that. Oh, now, for sure. You know, I've said before, I he's intentionally divisive, which, you know, I I, I want people to get along. So yeah. I, that, that that's where I kind of lose it. Like, and, and it's not just him, it's both sides. It's like, you need somebody who at least honestly wants to bring people together and that i don't know who that's gonna fucking be that's a good point huh yeah you do and it's it's not biden because he he's so dismissive of the people who do like trump it's like they're just everything's now it is and so that sucks it is it takes away almost half the dating pool i think for a lot of people too i think about that sometimes it's it like does. you know like yeah. it used to be you know every it, it used to be it didn't matter so much um, if someone like you'd have 
husbands and wives at a different political. It was just kind of yeah, no, it's, it's it's toxic now. It's gotten weird. Um, would you ever run for like a governor or something? Fuck no. I ran for mayor of Boston. Oh, you did? Yeah. I didn't know that. I tried to. They they fucking blackballed me. So uh, <laughs> this was the most Boston shit. They, they did. They did. This is, I'm telling I was doing that black. People get blackballed, all kind of stuff. There. I was doing the blackout tour yeah. that I told you about. Okay. So we rented these venues. We House of Blues is a venue oh, yeah. in Boston, like 3,000 people. We sold it out, I think, seven straight days in like 30 seconds. We were doing it. So there's a ton of schools in Boston. So like, hey, Monday, it's BU Barcel Blackout, Tuesday, BC, Wednesday, Northeastern. So all the kids at each school would buy it, sold it out instantly. The The police were so fucking, like, bad. They, they were breathless. Have you ever heard of kids getting breathalyzed in line, going down the line? If we sold 3,000 tickets, like, 20 kids got into the show. Oh. Everyone else too drunk, this, that. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. So um, I'm like, I'm going to run for mayor yeah. so they can't do this shit to me anymore. Uh and you had to basically get, what was it, like 12,000 signatures to get on the ballot. Okay. Now, there's two parts of the signatures. You had to be able to read the signature, and the person Ooh. had to be a registered voter. I hired a full-blown agency. that You have professional people get it, like get the signatures. We had like 20,000. They just ruled 10,000 of them didn't count. There's no way to appeal. There's no nothing. So I didn't make it onto the uh, ballot. But yeah, I, I, I was like trying to do it. That's wild. But other than that, no. Who needs that? I don't – who would ever – I've used this quote like the movie Gladiator when Maximus um, – it's the, 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 the king or uh, wants Max, Maximus to be the, the leader of Rome. He's like, no thanks, dude. Uh, who wants that headache? And he's like, that's exactly why you have to do it. Ooh. Who would – who in their right mind would want to be in politics? Well, like, like you, the person you want in politics should be somebody who's not doing it for ego, who truly cares about like the well-being of the people, not doing it for, to money, get rich. None of the politicians do I that. I know. Because why would you? Like, I never understood that with Trump. Like, you're this rich dude. Nobody really hates you. Like, people actually kind of love you on The Apprentice. Yeah. Like, you know, you have no ill will. He's going to go down as one of the most hated dudes who ever lived. Like, why? It just, I guess, ego. Like. Yeah, maybe that's ego. I mean, I could see it. If somebody gets to say you get to be president, yeah, everybody wants to be, pre you know, or a little bit. Were you? I mean, maybe for like an you know, a couple hours. I don't know if I would do a full term. You know, like I think I'd want to be in the office and like walk down and see like yeah, the long curtains. Well, that's ego. Yeah, it's ego. Yeah, that's it, which is cool. But the amount of hate and the like, I I get so much hate, and it's all political. Like people who don't like me always. If you don't like Dave Portland, I can go to your Twitter and within three, you have something political on your timeline. Yeah. And, and it's like, who needs that? Now, I don't know how isolated like these guys are. Like when I went and visited Trump, you know, everyone's so pro Trump. It's like he maybe he doesn't even the hate doesn't get to him on a level. I don't know. But no, I won't never run. Yeah. But do you think uh, 10 years from now, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not fucking run. No think? fucking way. Wow. No. I think we would, I, I, I would, I mean, I guess part of me would like to see you have, but then also, I I sometimes feel like politics is just this like, it's this this shell company for actual real leaders, which is a lot of it is in the tech world this, these days. Yeah, and even if you look at like you mentioned the Barstool Fund, which we gave away fifty million basically to wow. like the government couldn't do that. They they move so fucking slow. It's, oh, it's if you actually want to get stuff done, it's way easier to do it the way. 
I did it, which is we just set it up 24 hours later, the money's going in. And the second the money comes in, the money's going out. The, they did, the government basically did nothing for like small business. They're still talking about now and so much fraud with the PPP and shit oh, like yeah. that. So I don't know if it, it's if, hard. Yeah. And if you really want to get stuff done, you can get stuff done, not within you know, the government. Well, it's almost becoming more like that. I think in, in the, in America these days, it's like, there's all the, like, you know, there's a few kind there's less companies, there's less mom and pop places. There's just a few larger Which companies. Sucks. Oh, uh, totally, man. It's ridiculous. I wish we had never done so much globalization. I don't know a lot about that kind of stuff, but it's like, you know, the guy, the kid down the street, it used to be their dad worked at the factory in the town and they yep. were proud of like, if their dad's factory made tables, they were proud of the table they had in their house. My dad made this, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And there was like a sense of like, you were doing something now, your table comes from China, you have no idea, the dad's doing pills, the kid is in the other room, you know, cooking <laughs> pills. Yeah. And then there's a guy in China making a table, he gets shipped off, he never sees it. There's just like, I mean, it's kind of a very small example, but- no, that that was a small business. We look for like generational, and that was what was so sad about it. Like nobody was helping these people. It, it it really was crazy. It's like, hey, you can't have customers, right? But we're not going to give you the money. So like, what do they think is going to happen? Yeah. It's like that. That to me was always the wildest part. Yeah. And again, I mean, it, you've built up your career over the time. The barstool was the same. I always looked at it like I worked my dick off to get where I was. And then if something that's so far out of control and it just vanishes like that and nobody's there to like, that is what the government in my mind, that's what it's fucking for. Yeah. Like that is what we're paying taxes, all this shit. Nobody was nowhere to be found. Like if you want to keep shit closed, fine, but you better figure out how to take care of the people who need things to be open or let people make their own decisions. One yeah. Or the other. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I go to a lot of like recovery meetings and stuff and they closed all those recovery rooms, yeah, right? Right. That's crazy. Bro, I had no joke, I had five, maybe six friends that overdosed and died during the pandemic, right? Died. Like and it was and people were like, well, it's not cause but they need those rooms. Like yeah. they just fucking shut it down. Like, what do you think people I'd rather have COVID than yeah, you know, well, and, overdose. And, and to be honest, that was always my point. It's like you let let people decide. Right. Like if, if you were you know, like my parents or whoever, like scared of COVID, you you do have the option to stay inside. Like nobody's coming into your house. You can you can live your life pretty safely. I get it. I mean, it was crazy fucking. It's like a horror movie. Who knows? Yeah, shit. Like people were at their like at their funerals over Zoom. Like you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like what the fuck crazy. is going crazy on? Yeah, crazy time. And then I talked to my friends in Mexico. And they're like, yeah, nobody's doing shit down here, dude. We're fucking partying. We're shooting each other. We're fucking having a blast. You know, <laughs> yeah, we're drinking. Yeah. Shooting each other. I mean, not, you know, not yeah. shoot, you know, or in the probably grazing each other, yeah. but there's a lot of violence down yeah. there. Um, today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. We are grateful for their support and I'm grateful for what they do. You know, we all have times in our life where we need to get some help. You know, I saw someone at, um, at a show this weekend in Indianapolis and they came up and said, hey man, I, I want to thank you for just talking about getting therapy and, and getting help because I needed it and uh and I need it heck I get it every week better help when you're at your best you can do great things but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you aren't showing up in the way that you want to maybe you're not tickling your kids or you're not um 
you know, getting yourself an ice cream or taking yourself on a run or doing something you love or reading, reading a book. Well, working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. There's no doubt about it. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. And you can switch between different therapists. And I encourage you to do this. If you are seeing a therapist and you're not really feeling a lot of change or adjustment or it feels too easy, that might not be good. Uh, Sometimes having a variety, checking different therapists out and seeing who really kind of, who gets into you can be helpful. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash T-H-E-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Theo. Betterhelp.com slash Theo. Two title fights, one epic night. I'm talking about UFC 284 this Saturday. Makachev is fighting to keep his title. And Volkanovsky is hoping to make history as the fifth champ to hold a title in two divisions at once. Join the MMA action with DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's right. If the excitement in the octagon isn't enough, football fans don't forget to come join the big game action happening next Sunday at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THEO. New customers bet just $5 on UFC 284 and get $200 in free bets instantly this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THEO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. You've had some, like, dude, you've done a really good job of, like, hiring, like, really neat talent, like guys like Caleb, uh, Big Cat, who's your, you know, I don't know if you hired him or he was a partner. No, no, we hired him. Okay. Yep. Um, you know, Glenny Balls. Um, oh, wow. Was there- Caleb, Big Cat, and Glenny Balls and put f- in- and getting put in that category is pretty fucking high level for there may balls. be some better guys i don't know and big freddy or whatever who's the guy that's like the tank yeah that guy yeah, huh yeah yeah Wait, listen we've hired uh i bet the under on him huh he, he's a big dude he, he'll surprise you though. that's like you don't think he can fit in an airplane seat and he can't so he'll he'll that's shock you uh we had jenna marbles do you know her yeah yeah she came from us really yeah oh, dude i was in love with her dude yeah hired her out of a tanning salon oh i could see that mcafee pat mcafee was us really yeah we've had we have a pretty good like roster how do you pick talent like do you like now obviously people end up usually speaking mostly of people's successes yep. right do you feel like you've had a good eye for it, or do you feel like you've had just as many hits and misses? What do you think? No, we definitely have a good eye for it, and we have misses for sure. I think, though, the biggest thing, we have an eye for it, and, and we don't control people at all. So, you know, we hire somebody, and then it's like, you do you, and, and 
hopefully they find the way. Like Caleb, use an example. Like we saw him, uh, he was running up and down the sidelines of North Carolina. He was yeah. like, because they wouldn't, because he, he never started. Yeah, and it, but he wasn't even uniform. His his title yeah. was like I think the professor of morale or director of morale. So he had his blonde hair. He'd wear like a a X. North Carolina professional football player who's now in the league, their number. And we saw him on TV. We're like, who the fuck is this kid? And we had him on one of our shows. Like, oh, he's got a weird brain. That's what we say. Like, we look for weird brains, yeah. unique guys. And we hired him. And it's like, yeah, do whatever you want. And, you know, he kind of, he was always talented and funny, bounced around, kind of trying to find his niche. And then he, the Sunday conversation, which is now his, his kind of trademark thing and is great, that took a couple years for him to like, fit that exact perfect role. And we just let people sort of do that. So I think it's the combo. We have a good eye for talent, but more so we are, we are so free in, in letting, and, and I don't know if that's just we're lazy or whatever, but we never tell people right. what to do. It's like you're hired. We'll give you the resources, do whatever you want. And we've had a lot of hits because of it. Like PMT, which is big oh, cat. Yeah, dude. Like that was all his idea. I mean, totally. Like I, was, I thought podcasts when when I first heard about podcasts, a guy Kevin Clancy who's been with us forever. Oh I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like that's a stupid idea. Podcasts, you'll never make money doing that. But they fucking did it. And obviously, they were smarter than me. Right. Call her daddy. That came from us. Yeah, yeah. Alex Cooper. So yeah, we've had a lot of a uh, lot, lot of big, big successful people that really were. I mean, McAfee played in the NFL, but no one knew him on the media side. A lot of big people that. Million dollars worth of game is a huge like urban podcast with us right now. Um, hmm. So yeah, we've had a lot of big successes. Um, was there someone that you can you turn the heat on? Get a little chilly, huh? I'm, I I broke out my scarf game for I, I want nice a scar- man. I want to become a scarf guy. Yeah, really? Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. a move. I yeah. feel like yeah, it is. <laughs> this is the first time kind of debuting going with it, but yeah, it's good. I took I was taken off in the car. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna try to maybe get into the scar phase of my life there is something nice it feels like it almost you feel a little bit regal or you feel like at least they'll let you in a department store Big i feel time. like and i'm starting to get like fat it kind of like i saw you say that on a, a video little. the other day you were saying how like yeah i'm starting to put on weight it's, oh, yeah. it comes with the age so it's like i eat, i've been eat, doing the pizza thing forever uh my shoulders all fucked so yeah i think it's just you know life yeah um was there a was there a hire uh, or a uh, fire or something? Because oh, I wanted to say this. Yeah, Caleb. Whenever I got to know Caleb, one thing he raves about is that he loves working for you. Yeah, he he's he's been great. I think. I mean, he genuinely like you know what I'm saying. Like some people say my job, but yeah. he has. I mean, he absolutely loves it. Working I think it's two things stool. for him that probably he likes working for us. Me is the freedom, which I just said, and I always do what I say. So. I have the back of the talent as much as I can always. But like if I say something, it, it's it's bond. I actually think in his contract, he has something like when Penn bought us, he's like, if there's a disagreement between Penn and me or something like Dave gets to make the final decision. He just he just trusts that he tr- it's good to work for somebody where you you know, you can trust like they mm. have your best interest. And I do. And some people may not like what I say or do, but I'm pretty straightforward, and the track record is like there. Like 20 yeah. years, I've been pretty consistently straightforward, honest, truthful. Yeah. Is there a hire or a departure that you regret, or that you like somebody that you let go or anything, or did you have any? 
No, I mean, we, we, we hired Mike Rappaport. This is a big fucking, I don't like that guy right now. Uh, he doesn't like me. He that doesn't was, like me. That, 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 was, that was a debacle. Like I, I literally, if I throw a punch, I've never been in a fight in my life. Never thrown a punch in anger. If I threw a punch right now with my left arm, it would dislocate. That's how fucked up my shoulders are. He got me so mad, I sent him a contract to fight him. Like, yeah. that's how fucking, that ended terribly. Uh, the McAfee thing with us didn't end great, but, like, I don't really have regrets. He was always going to be, like, a huge star on his own. He's so good at so many things. So, no, not not too much. Yeah. I mean, we're, we've become, to a degree, and I always said a Saturday Night Live model, like, we, we bring unknown talent and try to make them stars, and we'll keep them as long as we can keep them. But really, you know, if we can't, hopefully they go become big somewhere else. And it adds more credibility for us, you right. know, because then people are like, oh, this is a place where I can get a start and build my name and either stay with Barstool or not. We've been pretty good at that. Like we got a girl now, Brianna Chicken Fry. She's fucking exploding. Like yeah. she, she's she's becoming big. So yeah. We, yeah, she's cute. I saw her on your thing. Is, she, is that Native American? What is Chicken Fry? That was just, she likes chicken fries. Like, you know, like the, I think it was Burger King, right? Chicken fries? Chicken fries? Yeah, so. Oh, it's not a last name. No, no, that was her, when we hired her, she already had like, Brianna Chicken Fries was her TikTok user handle. Oh, okay. Because I think she liked chicken fries. Either that she likes Native eating American. late at night. What's that? She likes eating late at night, <laughs> yeah, probably. Chicken fries, yeah. 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 Um, oh, I was wondering. Yeah, I thought maybe she was like Cherokee. Or Imagine like, that. <laughs> be like your Native American name, Chicken Fry. That would be fucking fire. Yeah. Yeah, I almost knocked up this Native American girl one time. So I met this girl in a motel, right? So how how does that work? Like, I, is there like a does do motels have like ho motel bars or yeah. like you just saw her walking in a room? Oh no, no, this girl we met on uh, social media, right? Got it. And this was probably Instagram. Might have even been oh, it was an intentional meetup. Yeah. So she drove, I think, like ten or eleven hours too, and she drove from like she it's was a red flag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, and she was a Native American. And so she drove in and she, and uh, we ended up making love or whatever. I don't remember exactly what happened. But then on the drive home, I guess she got kind of bored and she starts saying, Well, if I'm pregnant, I'm going to keep this child. Yeah, that's you know? tough. And now I'm that's like, Jesus like right after. Christ, yeah. dude. Although, to her defense, you probably do have a lot of time to think on a 10 hour drive. That's a good point. That's actually a lot of things yeah. go through your mind. Yeah. I should have given her at least five hours to yeah. be hypothetically pregnant on that yeah, drive. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a yeah. Lot. Like a 10 hour drive, you're 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 thinking a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you're just driving back to the res or whatever, and as you just get back there and there's a bunch of free gasoline from the government, and you're like, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck am I gonna do with this family? You know, yeah. if I have a family. But anyway, she got intense and God, that made me so nervous. Uh did you um because you got into a relationship, you're married, you are not I was married. married. I'm in a relationship now. Okay. In a yeah. relationship now. And was it, did, did you, were you looking for a relationship or did it just kind of happen? Which one? The, the, my current girlfriend? Current girlfriend. No, no. Um, so like my ex-wife, basically I met when I started Barcel right about the same time. And I'm still like best friends with her. She's the best. Uh, and then I was single for a while, probably uh, living a, a crazier lifestyle I would yeah. say like it, it was a totally different time because parcel was nothing and there to it obviously like being well known fame money brings 
more women and opportunities oh, in yeah. your life. So oh, I've seen you fucking on Twitter a little. At some point, I had seen something. You know. Oh yeah, no, I didn't watch all of it. Yeah, there's there's some stuff out there that you know. And good for you, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. I get embarrassed. Like if I'm, ha I even walk out of the room backwards because I don't want women seeing my butt and stuff. Like, no, I was a big video guy. Like I, I that that probably and, and back in time, it's like who the fuck would ever want to watch me fuck? So yeah. Uh, but so I don't know, five years single, and then just met her. Uh, Silvana is her name. It was pretty organic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you, is it kind of less stressful? Because I start to find that like. Like as you start, you you don't want to just like hook up with strangers. It gets a little bit like scary, kind of like you know. It's like I don't want a child, like a even a possible child somewhere. Yeah, I no, I was pretty free and loose. Uh, I would never like in hindsight, I was probably a fucking idiot because there's a lot of lot of post shit that I've dealt with that. Uh, a lot of people know about me. I mean, I, I, you know, hit pieces written about me, about my sexual activities, sex tapes. I've had it all, which I never would have guessed for like fucking me. Like that, if if someone back in high school is like, wait till you fucking see what this guy's going <laughs> to turn out to be. Like, I, I would have never fucking guessed it. Uh, so, yeah, I was probably playing uh, fast and loose is how I would describe it. But whatever. it's um, It's been a wild ride. I'll say that. Yeah, it's been exciting, man. I think it, it seems like it's really been exciting. Do you feel like a pressure? Like I feel a pressure as I get older to try and stay like younger and stuff. Does that feel hard for you? Does it? No, feel no. I, I I feel like it's been a fairly natural thing. Like I, so I probably crammed so much into that five years of being single. Like go, I never went to clubs really ever, and then I started going out a lot. And you know, I went from the guy who's like with his buddies if you're trying to save up to go at once like how the fuck am i going to afford this table only fucking losers would pay for that table all the hot girls are there but it's like i can't fucking afford this to you know you're getting opportunity like i remember i was just saying on the way over like super bowl is coming up and i'm getting every invite in the book like hey come to this party you have a table here a table there and i sent it to this guy paul gaz who's who's been employee basically number one worked at my kitchen table we went to a super bowl party and we had to pay 25 grand for a table wow. for us that's like do we have it credit card can we do it and they fucking put us in a satellite room we weren't even in the room no. where the fucking party was happening we were watching the party on a tv and i no. just i sent him the link i'm like man times have changed we're getting but so i i, I did that phase i mean I was doing drugs. I was going out all the time. Yeah. It was just like a very different phase of my life. Now, I really don't like being in clubs at all. Like I Silvana, my girlfriend still loves it, but I've I've toned it. I've gotten her to be like, "Listen, I can't I I don't want to be there. Like it's not where I want to be. I don't feel comfortable. I, I actually do feel old in those situations. Yeah. For the first time in my life, I look around like, "Damn. A fucking old guy in here." So, that part of my life I think is pretty much in the rear view like super bowl yeah i'll go out but i mean i was going out fuck four or five days a week damn pretty pretty heavy pretty heavy and were you partying pretty could you party pretty hard or not yeah i was were i doing? never i never used to but yeah, it i happened, was huh? were y'all yeah. doing drugs too cocaine Every, uh, i'm not a big coke guy people yeah. always think i'm a coke guy i'm pretty honest about uh i think what, it's the hair probably 
This looks like a uh, hair. Oh, that hair looks like I'll find a gram in it, son. That's yeah, like, like that, you know like a Wall Street yeah, no, guy, like, like, yeah, a, look, like yeah. a slick back guy. I think yeah, yeah it looks like like a, uh, like a wet hair. And maybe now, especially since you live in Florida, maybe that adds to it. Like you think, like oh, this guy. Yeah, you know? no, I was I was doing a lot. Adderall would be like I do a lot just to even wake up work. Um, I think ecstasy is the best drug there is. Like uh, you know, I never get like depressed on it. Um, but no, I was never big on coke. But like for me to be out. I don't know how people. I mean, what are you? Miami doesn't fucking close. Oh, yeah, Miami's insane, man. So you're there. Even the trees, man. You'll walk by two trees, will be fucking it, nothing, at 4 no, it, it literally like is. It's like you walk out of 11 and there's yeah. a fucking line at 9 a.m. Yeah. It's just, I don't even know what people do there. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's like, well, how, how you work and what are you doing? And people don't start going out. It's like, hey, you want to go out at 11? It's like, yeah. sure, you're going to be the only fucker in the club. <laughs> like nobody's out yet. So it's a super late city. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I was I was definitely partying. I was definitely yeah. partying, dude. A friend of mine got all coked up one night, fell off of his balcony, right, landed on another balcony, right, and Ti the rapper came out and found him. <laughs> Ti is a big Ti is a big big Miami guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of shit. I remember I was like, who who was it? Uh who was the, who's the Miami guy? Who's always I was at eleven. There's another rapper who is always in Miami. Whatever, whoever this guy, he's a big rapper. I and a camera guy came up. I moved out of the way. He's like, "Hey, this guy it ruins the story not knowing him." I'll probably think of it. Put Miami rapper. Look up Google Miami rapper. Is was he thick guy? No, he's a little guy. Okay. Oh, it might be. Uh, what's his name? Uh, who has that same beat over and over again? Um. Uh, but he's from Atlanta. That guy. Uh, he wears the 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 green gloves in that one video. Ludicrous. No, no, no. Pitbull. Sean Kingston. No, no. He's Kodak. a little skinny guy. Oh, oh. Uh, he's been around forever, but he's like still super popular. Nelly. This, this is gonna bother the fuck out of me. Mm. Not Nelly. Play guess that rapper. I almost it was similar. I feel Bobby like Schmurda. No, no. I feel like it was. Keep going down. He's Hulk got, Hogan? No, not a rapper. Uh, Jason Derulo. I did pizza review of him, no. He seems like a nice guy. He was. He ate pizza with no no cheese, though, which is wild. You know who told me the earth was flat? Two black guys at a pizza parlor. The earth was flat. First time I ever heard it. That's Kyrie. Uh, yeah, it might have been. Who the fuck am I thinking of? I, Cat no, Dahlia? He lives in Miami. He actually just he, he I I want to say it was with a T too, but I can't remember. Trick Daddy. No, I like that song though. Take it to the house. Uh, take it to the house. Take it to the house. My who? Whatever. The story's fucking ruined. Yeah, it's anyway, right. everything it, is fucking it, ruined, it, dude. It, it, it's ruined. Forget the fucking. Dude, story. I did. Uh, I went to Paris Fashion Week last week, right? And which was oh, you're crazy. In Paris? Yeah. Which is crazy, right? So yep. this guy, um, Colm Delane, he's like a fashion guy, right? He makes fashion. So he had um, comedians come and be in his fashion show. Andrew Schultz went, um, a couple of other guys. Uh, and it, it's the fashion show finally was at like 11 p.m. And Kodak Black is sitting in there with a baby in the front row. <laughs> like, Kodak you know. Black. Now he... he you all time name drops. I 
was credited in Kodak Black getting pardoned by Trump. Were you really? Yes. He credited you? Trump mentioned <laughs> it was some convoluted. <laughs> uh, like Kodak Black actually reached out to me like during the uh, Barstool Fund. I think he donated. And then Trump, when he pardoned me, he's like, Kodak Black donated to like Dave Portnoy, the Barstool Fund. He's like a good guy. It was yeah. a little blurb. I was like, what the fuck world am I in? Like Kodak Black, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trump, crazy. Yeah, everything's crazy now. It though. is. Does that, it excite that, you or does it scare you? Like how everything, the lines are so blurred. Everything feels so crazy. The news, you can't trust the news anymore. So there's conspiracy theories. People are always like, "There's all these conspiracy theories," but it's like a lot of it is because you can't rely on the news. So people are going to try and get whatever they think the news is. Yeah. No. I the whole thing. Yeah. That. Which I agree. I don't trust the fucking news. Like, everybody has an angle. Yeah. I, I've said that, but I don't even know where you go if you want, like, a, a non-spin take on something. Yeah. Where the fuck do you go? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that that is just a way of life. Uh, but I don't know. if I find it crazy. Everyone's just got an agenda. Yeah. Everybody. Every, it, it, there's nobody who doesn't have an agenda. I know. It's getting weird, huh? Yeah. Yep. Big time. I just wonder kind of how does that end, you know? Or do do we evolve out of it, you know? Like... Everything's gotten so like me, you know? Um, I don't know. It's an interesting, it definitely feels like an interesting time to be alive. Um, you got to go and do Joe Rogan experience. That was your first time, right? Yeah, that was my first time. What were you, were you pretty nervous? Tell me about that. Yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect. I, I really didn't because I was a huge podcast guy. And, and I, people always, I always got like, hey, you should go on Rogan. Um, I'm not like ever somebody really necessarily. I did ask to go on Rogan once, and that was when all the fucking negative shit was happening. I wanted to say my case, but I didn't know what to expect. Uh, his studio was sick. It was easy. Like, and, and I met the producer, Jamie, before. He's like, I know all the yeah. Barstool shit. I have no idea what he's going to talk about. He may talk about all of it, none of it. Um, smoked a cigar. I'm not a cigar guy. I got like fucking weirdly high from smoking yeah, a cigar. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's like God. I am not a cigar guy. And his studio... It's like trippy, right? It's like with the little the the lights, and it, it went by quick. My main thing, honestly, because I know he goes so long, it's like if I go two hours, that probably means he fucking didn't like me and like I'm out. So mm. once it ended, I'm like, how long was it? But it was cool, and it's so big, you know, you don't even realize. I, I mean, I know how big he is because we're sore in the business, but even still, like after we did it, so many people just walking down the streets like, oh, listen to Rogan, show the phone. I mean, his reach is just crazy. He's probably the most influential you know guy in media there is i think so yeah, i think it's like been like that for is. a while yeah you know i think and especially people didn't realize that until he got that big contract that almost kind of i mean it was amazing for him and and, and he deserves it but when they put out that article that he made like a hundred million a year or something yeah and i think it was twice that but uh that's when everybody like that's when people started attacking and that's when you saw all these hit pieces it's yep. like it's just it's so dangerous kind of like um I don't know. The, 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 the media is just so scary. It's like they can shape anything any way they want. And I, I, he, he, he's definitely perceived as a threat because he, he's, he uses escape velocity, whatever, but the, you can't control, right. If you can't control how somebody thinks and you really can't hurt them, that, that is a threat. I think the attacks come when, and why they came, because what's the point? really of going after him when he's a solo guy. You don't give a fuck. When you have Spotify 
there's a thought I can get to him now, yeah. right? Because Spot and now Spotify uh, it's like with Pin, yeah, it's like Spotify backed him up. But I mean, he did have to delete uh, episodes and maybe say things that ordinarily, if it was by himself, maybe would have, maybe he wouldn't have. But I think that is that's the switch. It's like aha, he kind of has to answer to somebody now, whether he actually does or he doesn't. But somebody's signing his checks right. before nobody is. So what's the point of going at? What what is that going to do? Because you may just actually ignite more because he doesn't give a fuck his audience is his audience yeah so that would be to me the gif difference and why it happened when he did that yeah um yeah i remember when i first went in dude i was so nervous i got a tweet a tweet a dm from him in the middle like in just like 11 p.m or something but i was going to bed early so it was like middle of the night but um and it was like, hey, do you want to call my show? And I remember being like, oh my God. Yeah, I was excited too when I got it. Yeah. Because if you, people always hit me up like, hey, can you have me get on or sit? And it's like, there's no real way to get on. Like, Joe, like, will literally hit people up. That's exactly how he does it. That's how me. he does it. It was mine. So the New York Times wrote basically a hit piece on me. And it, they, they were working on it for a year. I knew about it. They dug through my entire fucking past. Like, so trash. Every, dude. That freaking rag is trash. Every single person that I was uh, friends with in my network, they're reaching, I was having girls call me like, that I didn't even know, or send yeah. me DMs being like, what is this about? Um, a year long, they really found nothing, and it turned into just like, a, like I'm a scumbag gambling hippies. The, the point of the story, the reporter wrote in the article, like we reached out to Dave for comment, he didn't reach back, and I posted my exchanges with this woman, and they went back, I think, seven months where I'm like, hey, I know you're digging into my past. I will sit down, meet with you. We both get to record. You can ask me anything. I'll answer anything you want. I'm right here. She kept responding. I'm eager to meet soon, soon. This went on for months of her being like, I'm eager to meet with you. I'll talk to you soon. Ghost for like I don't oh. know, five, six articles. She writes the whole article. She's like, you have... 48 hours to respond to a million bullet points. And I'm like, fuck that. It's like, I gave you the opportunity and I posted the exchange. Rogan saw that and he's like, the New York Times is the worst. And that that prompted it. And actually, I have my phone. So I, I, I she, she never, this is the reporter, never responded. I wrote, her name is Emily Steele, this lady who wrote the article on me. This is Friday, January 13th. I just tweeted a thank you for the hit piece you wrote on me. It's what landed me on Rogan and introduced a brand new audience to me. Thank you for being a hater. It actually made my brand stronger than ever. Thank you. So I just yeah. sent her that little fuck Good for you. you. Yeah, they fucking do that shit, man. They do that shit. They sneak around. People call somebody, call your old employer. It's crazy. And it's like, I've yeah. always said, hey, I'm here. Like, I'm, I'm saying I'll sit down. You can ask me fucking anything and record it as long as I can too. If you're trying to do a fair, and what's crazy, like I grew up in a in, in my brain, like the New York Times is like legit. Yeah, that is what I thought of the New York Times. So I always look at that. Unless you're in this fucking world, and you're like part of it, like even my dad, who's a liberal, hates fucking Trump, that type of guy. Like he still has a hard time being like, yeah, the New York Times is biased. Like he almost has it because he's seen it. But it it it, it is scary because if you're not in it, you just believe. Like most normal people aren't going to do the back research no. on a hit piece. They're going to go, like, oh, that's true. So that that part of it is fucking scary. Well, it's even like even headlines in anything. Yeah. If somebody writes like Larry's gay and you see that as the headline, you'd be like, damn, dude. Right. Because most, Larry's more, gay. Yeah. Did you hear Larry's gay? Yeah. Larry's a fucking gay and boy. And they didn't yeah. even add, they didn't even know who it, they didn't even look at if who it is, if it's Lawrence or who it is. Yeah. No, that is. Nobody. It's just like, and then it's like. 
and there's never any apology. That's the weirdest thing. You're like, you're, you're, there's never any like recuperate or any. I, so Business Insider, who I fucking hate, wrote uh, a hit piece on me and it was vicious. Basically made me sound like a rapist. And oh like within 24 hours, <clears throat> I had all the receipts. Like, oh, uh, thank God um, of like, well, here's all the proof that this is totally fucking bullshit. I was, I guess, naive at the time. Like, oh, they're going to retract it. Say apology. They said they wrote another article and my lawyer was like, well, they can now say it's news. It's like, well, it's only news because they fucking wrote it, but it becomes new. Right. It's like, what, what kind of <laughs> fucked up game is this? It's news now. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. I went all the way, fucking sued their asses, and it it just the judge came back. They're like, "There's no way being bad at your job isn't an excuse to like sue." It's almost like Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, when he sued, he originally sued the newspaper and mm-hmm. lost because the newspaper can always be like, "Well, we didn't know that she wasn't telling the truth, or we didn't look at any of the other evidence." You have to sue the actual like he sued Amber Heard. So it, the whole thing's fucked. I know, huh? Makes me really jaded. Yeah, dude. This shit makes everybody mad. I think cuz you start to feel like there's no way to win against this thing. And, and <clears throat> whatever this thing yeah. is, but it starts to feel like there's something that you can't, the you o- know. The only way I look at it, people fucking hate me are always going to hate me. I could cure cancer. They'd be like, why didn't you do it faster? Yeah. Now, the flip side, the people who like me and love me are always going to love me. And and I've said before, what's great. Now, I tell the truth, but my crowd is so kind of like in my corner, if, and I wasn't, but if I wasn't telling the truth, they'd probably still believe me. It's like, it's almost, they're on my side right. and the people who aren't, aren't. Now, I good for the people like me. I do tell the truth and it's always honest, but it's so hard to convince once people have their minds set up or made up, it's hard to get them off that point. They they just ignore like facts. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. People want to be blind to facts. That's kind of bizarre. But then sometimes I wonder how much do I fall into the same trap? Even myself, you know, it's yeah. like, I sometimes wonder that, um, we saw this thing like Buzzfeed was is starting to use like AI to generate yeah, articles. Yeah, yeah. Do you see that? Yeah, stock went up like a bazillion percent because of it. But do you like because you have like real you know employees with alcoholism and whatever yeah, else? Yeah, yeah, you know? we got the real deal. Yeah, people. you guys yeah. got the fucking yeah, yeah. guy. You know, he's right there. You know, some guy who's you know gonna overdose or his wife's gonna leave him because he's writing another article for you you know it's like you got yeah but you got real people we got real people yeah you got real people with fucking asthma you know like fucking real motherfuckers um does this kind of shit scare you or do you think this is cheap or do you think anything about it it's a business i mean i i feel like buzzfeed has always been the lowest common denominator for talent so it doesn't surprise me nothing will ever for our business we look for weird talented people there's no AI or anything like that who can, you know, replace. Well, Glenny Balls. Uh, but no, th- this is in our world. It doesn't scare me. It doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah, because it says BuzzFeed's using AI to write its articles after firing 180 employees. Yeah, is- they're talking about their like listicles and shit. Right. So they're just aggregating. I feel bad for the people who got fired, me too. But I wouldn't say those people were like the pinnacle of like talent, you know? Right. Um, so it, yeah, it, no Thoreau's, no Walden. Yeah, Walton. you're coming up with like the, you know, the I don't know, the yeah. ten things you should fucking be doing when you like come home after your grocery. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, yeah, are. ten things you do when your cat dies. Yeah, or right. Yeah, so they're just aggregating it. Again, I do feel bad for the employees, uh, but to, this isn't. 
I wouldn't view BuzzFeed as like my world necessarily. Like we really are looking for like talented people. Yeah. Or weirdos. Yeah, me and Caleb wanted to try and do a show, you know. Yeah. It would be fun. I like spending time with him. I the the bigger I, I wouldn't say the bigger threat, if you want to call it, to my world, our world, is the evolution of like technology. Like let's take you, for example. There's probably a world back when we started where you wouldn't have nearly the vehicles to get your name out there without like coming to us, you know, or, or somebody or a TikToker. like yeah. TikTok doesn't exist. So if you're a talented person, how do you get your content out there? It's far fewer places. Um, so that, that's the harder thing because, you know, we really have to find the talent early, 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 because once someone's pretty established on social media or through their platforms, they don't need us at all. Mm. So that that's the harder thing. with. Do you have somebody looking for that kind of thing? Yeah, we're always looking for talent. <clears throat> really? Always. Now, when you say always looking, but do you have like, so like a, an employee that's actively kind of just- No, we don't. <laughs> right. So I guess not. We're, we're always willing to hire talent if we find it. Right, right. But it it, it is hard. You got to get them super early. And, and our value prop on that early is basically we'll be like gasoline. We'll accelerate you. You sign, you know, a, a generally like a two, three-year contract. And if you're good- being in our network should really like give you maybe a, a, a way to cut the line, so to speak, to get your name out there. Then you can reevaluate. Do you want to stay with us? You want to do it on your own? That type of thing. Yeah. Um, would, do you think anything about like this GP, this GP chat thing, that thing that can make all its own articles and stuff? It can write papers, you know? Is that what's the difference between that and the listicle shit? Chat GPT can be like, hey, will you write me a, um, a paper? Uh, you know, it's say Dave Portnoy writes a paper on uh, young men trying to meet each other in the 17th century, right? Yep. At night. Yep. And you put that information in there and then it'll do like a three page paper that yeah. would be in your voice. Sounds like a good fucking way to like get through school. Yeah. I just wonder how weird that's going to get if every, you know, like. I at The same questions. I mean, I. The same questions, I guess, would come. It's like, well, they're sourcing the information from somewhere, you know, so wh who's fact, like, how do you know where you're getting the information from? What's real? What's not? What's biased? That doesn't change that part of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess in the end, you, in the end, I think you're still going to have to have real talent will prevail. I think even with stuff like this, hopefully most people are going to see through like, oh, this is just another bullshit article. Yeah. And it's not anything that even a human wrote. I feel like you can see that stuff pretty easily on the internet. And if you're falling for that shit, then you, you are something is wrong with you. And, and yeah, I don't know what what these things would be used for exactly, but I I know in our world at least, a lot of what people like is because they are attached to the personality. Oh, so yeah. like if if you switch the names on who, like you, I it, it changes how people perceive it because. If it's Theo Vaughn wrote or did something, people know you and they view it through that lens and that affects their enjoyment or lack thereof. Yeah. From it, you know? Yeah. Like when Frank left the Jags game early, that shit broke my, I was like, what is even going <laughs> yeah, on? I, I but I found myself enveloped in his life. Yeah. I want to know what's going on. Why is he was, leaving I early? Didn't, I didn't know why he was leaving early either. It blew my, it's like, this is the best game. And he flew all the way. You're talking the Bills, Bills Dolphins. Yeah, Bills Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he left, when Frank left the Bills Dolphins game early, I just that's the attitude of Barstool and and full display. He, I think, I was mad at first because like, why'd we fucking send him there? Yeah, if he can't stay. And by the way, you're never gonna make a six six p.m. flight. 
it, the game is long, <laughs> yeah, but like, it, the game's at one. You're going to be sitting in traffic. There's no chance. So it was doomed from the beginning. So like this went through like 10 different things at Barcelona, <laughs> like people who booked it. It's like in what world you can't, it's a one o'clock game. You're never going to make six. So yeah. Yeah. He's in that parking lot with his luggage. I'm yeah. like, what is even going yeah. on? And, and I think he really thought he had to leave. It's like, what are you talking? Like, of course you'll stay, yeah. stay the night and fly. It's crazy. Um, Tom Brady just retired. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel anything about that? So he's he's I'm Do you bo- know Tom? I very loosely. I but I have like a long history with him because of where I grew up. Like of course. You know, I uh the good, the bad, the ugly. Like so he first of all, he went to the same school as me, Michigan. So he's the same year. Okay. So Oh went, really? So you remember him from college? Yeah, yeah. So went to college with him, then he comes to the Pats and I'm a, I'm in Boston and in the Patriots rise. Uh, really coincided with the Barstool rise. So we're so closely linked together. Everything since I've been involved with like the cops twice with Brady, once in a negative fashion, once in, well, cops involved is never good, but one anti-Brady, I guess you could say, and one pro. Like So he way back in the day, uh, he, he basically, Giselle was on the beach with their little kid, Ben, he was an infant. Ben oh my Brady. God, wow. Uh, and he was naked. Who was Tom? Was no Ben, the kid with Giselle on a beach, my South oh, Beach, Miami. I'd be naked too, if I was with her. And, yeah, and well, keep in mind the kid's an infant. Her, her son. Oh, okay. So it's his son, tiny little Still. kid, like the Gerber baby. Oh wow, huge dick, huge dick. No way for a little baby. And you saw it? How far away were you? And no, it was a fucking paparazzi photo. Oh. It was on the internet, and, and I you made, can see that wand on him, huh? Yeah, and God. I made a joke. That <laughs> going deep. Th- huh? This was the height of the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, like rivalry. So I I wrote a blog in this one blog. I said, check out the Howitzer on Brady's baby, and I wrote a sentence below. I go, Peyton Manning could never have a kid with this big of a hog <laughs> or something like this. World War Three broke out. Dave's a pedophile. He's sexualizing kids. The kid was an infant. Police knocked on my door in Boston. No. Came in. They're like, we're going to make your life real fucking horrible if you don't take this down. Like, people were saying I should be beaten to death. It was... Oh, it's like Mystic River. It was crazy. So that was way early. And then fast forward, the Patriots explode. We, we end up going to jail defending Brady for when he got suspended by the NFL, handcuffed ourselves to each other at NFL headquarters. I've been dragged out of the Super Bowl in handcuffs. Yeah. Um Bob Kraft, the owner of the team, when Brady came back with Tampa Bay, called me up. He's like, I want you to be my guest for when Brady comes back. So it's been the full circle. And I have met him, I think, a couple times. Um, but I like, so if I saw him, I'd be like, hey, Tommy, like, hey, Dave, how's it going? Good to see you. But I don't know him like on a real personal level. Right. But yeah, it's uh, their success and everything that happened with the Patriots. I don't think barstool probably is the same if that doesn't happen it it put us in the headlines Mm. in a lot of different ways so it's just a weird magical ride it really has been it's been nuts really fascinating man congratulations just on getting to have that experience because life you know to have the ups and downs to have all of it you know to really have so many experiences and football's so big in this country and the super bowl so big and we became barstool the face of like the Patriot fan. Like, there's a game they could probably pull up. If you pull up, like, uh, Goodell Clown Towel, so Goodell, the commissioner of the league, like, the first time he came back to 
uh, Gillette after all the controversy. We printed like 70,000 of these towels with his face and a nose. And we, we got, we're like, we need volunteers to hand these things out. It was a big fucking thing. Like if you you can if you on the images for it, oh yeah, you'll see like the whole fucking stadium basically. Ooh, like go to the bottom right. We had the shirts. So yeah, like wow, there you are. Yeah, so oh, like wow. the whole fucking stadium. Goodell in there. It just it was a wild time, and and we became people just they hated us. Because people hated the Patriots, like, but that was your you, thing. You did that it. Was it. Barstool's yeah. in here. Yeah. It's like this yeah. infection. It's We're like in this. The mix. Yeah, it's almost like this, like this plague. But it's not a negative plague. It's like this disruptor. Yeah, and the Patriots f- were the most talked about, hated, loved, whatever team for like two decades. Oh yeah, and we we're just right in the middle of it. I remember Tony Collins played there, didn't he? Was that Tony Collins? Yeah, you're going way back. Yeah, yeah, running back. Yeah, I I, I got to meet him one time. He went to ECU. He was a cool cat, man. Yeah. I like Tony Collins, but I think he played in their Super Bowl game. That would have been 85. And they lost to the Bears, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That was when the Patriots, they were very good. That Steve Grogan was like my guy. He was like, I, I loved him. Yeah. That, I mean, the Patriots are, for the most part, a terrible franchise up till the Brady era. They had two Super Bowls, um, and the second one being the Parcells. But, like, if you, uh, like, Tech Mobile, did you ever play, like, oh, yeah. Like, they're the worst team in Tech Mobile. It's very sad. I can't even remember. They had a lot of, I think, one of the running back was white, I think, even. Could have been. Uh, yeah, Craig James. Po- half of the Pony Express. Yeah. I yep. mean, yeah. Them and the Colts are the two worst teams in it. Yeah, that was a lot. Um, what do you got for the Super Bowl, man? Where are you landing at with it? I don't know. I'm back and forth. Uh, I think right now, I got to see if the Chiefs get healthy. Their wide receivers are so banged up. But if they get back, I, I, I think they get a pretty good shot. I bet it'll be a good game, I think. We're heading out there. So we have a bar in Scottsdale, which is cool. So, oh, nice. Yeah, we'll be doing like live radio there all week. So we'll be there the whole time. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I'm going to get over there. I, I, I expect to see you. Yeah, I think we'll probably figure Hopefully I'll figure something out. Um, yeah, I feel like the Eagles, it just feels like there's some kind of weird destiny thing going on there. I mean, they're just tearing people up. I can't tell. I mean, they, it's the game they beat San Fran. No quarterback, like anybody could be. I mean, I've never seen an NFL team. They literally couldn't throw a forward pass. So you're not going to win many games that way. I think the Giants suck. The Eagles are the number one team, best team the whole time in the NFC. But I don't know how good they are. Right. Yeah, that division. There was no. The, there was so much disparity in the league this year between like good teams. There's like yeah. just so many bad yeah, teams. And I thought the AFC was overall better. But I think the Eagles are very good. Yeah. I think it'll be a very good game. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be exciting. Um, what did you Have you seen this power slap and stuff? Yes. It's crazy. What do you mean by crazy? Because it's because people are getting like well, one, their faces are getting like deformed and shit. Yeah. One guy's wife couldn't recognize him, you know? <laughs> so that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. saw the clip of the woman doing like the somersault after. Yeah. No, I see. It. It's nuts. It's nuts. But it, I mean, people love that shit. It does remind me of early UFC. Yeah. Like early UFC, because if you go Google it, a lot of hate out there online. Like, this is the worst thing that's ever fucking happened. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of people have opinions on Dana White, his incident. Oh, that was crazy that that happened right when the league started. I almost feel like I wonder if that was planned. It's like unbelievable. Because um, his wife's at least a lot, or she's probably bantamweight. weight. I don't know. I didn't get It's hard to see. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know what, what qualification it would be. But so if you Google it, there's a lot of hate. Right. But. 
it's entertaining. It's There's scary no doubt to watch. About that. But no... people are getting hurt. One guy bought a van, right? If you see that, the guy left the place and bought a van for no reason. Like, and he didn't even. There was no re like something. So they're saying his brain got you know, like his wires got crossed and something's like you got to buy a van. Yeah, imagine just going. First of all, imagine buying a van. Yeah, yeah. van's kind of cool. Yeah, kind of. But if you don't even need a van, you're just like, hey, I'm getting a van. Like yeah. you fucking come home from losing the fight with to, a to van pick, to pick a van. Yeah, listen, it's entertaining. I, I like I really do think it's early. I used to watch like the early early UFCs, no weight class. That was like ancient Rome. Huh? Yeah, and you had to fight. Like you fight, you win, you fight again. It's like tournament, and people are like horrified. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this? It reminds me a lot because there's definitely something about it. And I don't know what that says about the human psyche. It's like, yeah, I want to watch. I like, this is fucking interesting. Like, slap them harder. So uh, it's an interesting thing. I think Dana's pretty confident it's going to be successful. And numbers are big. So we'll see. Yeah, it's hard to deny those clips when you see them. It's like you want to stay on it, but you don't want to. It's like that and the people like attacking CVS workers. Those are the two clips where I'm like, do I want to keep watching Bomb this? fights? Like shit yeah. like that? Like you just. Now. I'm sure they'll have to just like UFC. That's why I say it. If it continues and grows, they'll have to put some regulations, which he already said. But there's something there. There's undeniable something there. Human psyche. It's like, yeah, I want to watch somebody get slapped. So silly. They do a somersault. Or a it's. I don't know what it says about humans, but like you said, people fucking used to go to the Colosseum in Rome to watch fucking gladiators. So yeah. there's something inherent to it. Yeah. Um. With all the success with Barstool, you guys have crushed it so much and, and, and your journey through it. Do you think that there'd be a, do you ever start to have ideas of like, there's something else you want to do down the line? I know you guys are, you have a watch company now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Brick watch. Brick watch. Right. I, I saw you tag. crucified uh, for it. You did? Crucified. So the, the, the number one thing I've been crucified for in my life. For doing watches. Because I, they're, they're not cheap. They're 2,400 bucks. Okay. And people. It's nice looking. Thank you. It is. I saw Eric Olson had one. No, is it Greg him? Olson? They, yeah, and, Greg yeah, Olson. He had it on. Um, but there's a community of watch people who take their watches so fucking seriously that I did. I was, I built mine was like built for people like me who I'm not going to spend like ten grand on Rolex, but I thought I want a watch that's clean, looks good. I spent a, a, a lot of time like coming up with the design of it. It's more of a fashion watch. Mm -hmm. People went under the hood. They, it was. We'll see what happens with it, but. Whenever I post it, like watch snobs, they come from my throat. It's really? Crazy. Yeah. Like time Nazis? Like fucking. Yeah, yeah, yes. Time Nazis. Bunch of fucking second monkeys out yeah, there. Yeah, no, they're, they're like, I could buy this watch for yeah. this fucking, has this movement and does this and fucking sucks my dick and yours doesn't do that. They're crazy. Watch Ugh. people. And they thought they're like, you're doing it as a scam. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about doing it as a scam? Why? Like, no, I'm not. And it's like, by the way, I'm at the point. And maybe rightly or wrongly, where I can get investors for every people like, oh, he's a smart business guy. So if I'm like, I'm doing something, people knew I was doing this. They were like begging to throw money. I was like, no, because honestly, if it doesn't work, I don't want you to be able to be like in my grill. Like if I'll lose my own money and I don't have to worry about a phone call from anybody being yeah, like, yeah, it's kind of nice, huh? Yeah. So I, it's my own money that I, I either will lose or make. But yeah, it's been a wild experience. I've done a the people. It's slowed down a little bit, but when I launch it, people coming for the throat. But to answer your question beyond that, and that was just something I, I thought would work. Right. It's like I, I it's kind of that entrepreneurial spirit. I spent a year or so, year and a half developing it. Beyond that, one misconception I think people have always had about me is like I'm ultra driven. 
like to do shit. Like I think I have two more years with Barcel guaranteed. Um, and then I could disappear to a beach. Who fucking knows? Like I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have that inherent need. I don't think to work. Mm. People don't believe me about that. They think I'm an egomaniac. Like I'll have to be in the headlines. I don't, we'll see. I mean, always an instigator. I just don't know if that'll kind of disappear. And I hope it yeah. doesn't, you know, it's fun to watch you instigate through the world. I think, Yeah. you know, it's been really entertaining. I mean, it's been entertaining. Um, you know, I've long been a fan and then I got to meet you and you seem like a very, uh, I, you just seemed a lot more even down to earth than I expected, man. And I know that's a weird, it's not a compliment to give someone, but I think you look at someone's life and it looks so busy and insane. And then you meet them and they seem, uh, you know, it's interesting to find that somebody that seems kind of down to earth. I appreciate um, that. So like, I'm sure with like in your work, like there's a lot of decisions to be made, right? Have you always been a good decision maker? Do you have like a process when it comes to that? Cause you probably have to make decisions pretty quick. Um, yeah, no, I just go with my gut. Like, uh, I always view it late, uh, sort of family feud style. Like, you know, if you watch the family feud, you got the head guy at the table, right? Oh yeah. And then everyone shouts the answers at him. Yeah. If you hear a good answer, you're like, all right, I'll go with that guy. But even if they have the right answer, but in my gut, I'm like, no, I got the right answer. I'll go with mine. I may get the X, but it, it that's kind of how it is. It's all gut based. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, it, it, I look at this. I, I follow my gut since I started. We've been wildly successful. A lot of, a lot of breaks that I could have never dreamed of. And I didn't start Barcel really to like be here. I just, didn't want to hate my job waking up in the morning, mm. but uh, why would I stop following my gut? It's got us this far. So, do you have a mentor that you reach out to if there's things that like you're unsure about? Occasionally, or? there's a couple guys. Uh, there's there's a dude Mike Rapoli, um, who I met through horse racing. He started like um, vitamin water. He started oh, wow. um, body armor. So he sold both for like billions. He's a crazy guy, but down to earth, nice. So sometimes like business questions, I'll ask him. Erica Nardini, our CEO, we have like the best relationship. So I'll run shit by her. Um, you know, my family, but those are, those are kind of it. We met a guy who sells, they do like horse, you know, the horse, uh, does sex with other horses. Oh yeah. Breeding. And they're, yeah. Breeding. And their horse was like a champion. It won like, a, it won the damn, you know, I don't know what it is. The Kentucky Derby. No, I think it was like Brickstone or Bricktown or something. I don't know what it's called, but uh, yeah, maybe Kentucky Derby. I can't remember, but that or the Brickstone or the Brickstone. <laughs> yeah. So they're wondering. So, but people will pay. And he said like, yeah. like all through the week, there's just lines of like people bringing in their horse and the horse has sex with it. And then they make like $30,000 every time the horse pumps and yep. it's just out there pumping all, all fall. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. I, what that has to do with, oh, Rapoli. I mentioned the horse guy. Yeah, breeding. That's where all the money is. God. Yeah, and they have to have it like natural. You can't like artificial inseminate. It has to, they actually have to fuck. That's part of the rules. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you get to be right there, he said. Yeah. And it's like, if it doesn't take or it doesn't work, you still fucking spend the money. Yeah. Damn, yeah. boy. That's a lot for put, a blast, they, they put, Yeah, put it out to stud. That's basically what that's called. Hmm. The male, they put out to stud. They bring the females. Boom, bang, bang. You're a busy guy, and so, like, obviously your life's super busy. Do you have, like, a day-to-day -day routine, a r ritual that you do every morning? This might be a, a bad question. I don't know if I've been asked this. Yeah, no, it, it – it, I've definitely taken the foot off the gas a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. the early days, I, I much more do. Uh, 
No, not not as much anymore. I mean, I have my schedule like the BFF podcast, which is like a Tuesday. We'll have college, depending on sport, like mm-hmm. sport shows to do. My pizza review is every single day, so I got to make sure those are in. Um, I'm gonna start day trading again probably in March. That'll be like at the beginning of the stock market, the end of it. But I've definitely taken the gas, the foot off the pedal a little bit. I mean, 20 years is a long fucking time to be doing something. Yeah. Would you ever come up with like a an investing arm through Barstool? Do you think? Yeah, I, I theoretically, because uh, at some point, a lot some of your fans will start to get older. Yeah, and they'll have in money they want to invest. Yeah, so, well, in other things, yeah, yeah, potentially. I don't know, maybe. I mean, it might be interesting, you know. Yeah, especially if you are doing it or you get involved with people that do it well. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of your supporters would want to have the same or do the same. Um. We done? Yeah, I think we covered a lot of stuff, man. All right. Dude, thanks so much for hanging out, dude. Yeah, no, it's uh it was fun. I'm glad I got to do it. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. For um, sure. Um I want to come back on BFF sometime. Open invite. Praise, brother. All right. All right, thanks, Dave. Cool. Now I'm just floating on the breeze and I feel I'm falling like these leaves. I must be cornerstone. Oh, but when I reach that ground, I'll share this peace of mind I found. I can feel it in my bones, but it's gonna take. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Charmaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.